0: Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now, by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was... We both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, and multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another, and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start. To join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. Welcome back to the Shooter's Touch podcast episode I guess we'll call it 1.5, where we're going to be diving into the Iowa State Cyclones and the Iowa Hawkeyes non-conference schedule and first couple games here of conference play. Again, my name is Adam Veet with my co-host Brian Claude here. And Brian, I think that uh, if the listeners didn't know how um, I get dedicated we are to college basketball, they should now. We're recording this, and I don't know about you, but I don't have it on. We're recording this during the College Football National Championship. Yeah,
1: I I do have to admit I do have it on, but uh, <laughs> would, uh, obviously, yeah, I much rather be watching basketball if at all possible.
0: Right? I, you know, it, it's uh, in my mind is basketball season, so I don't know that college football matters that much to me anymore. But, uh, um, you know, as I said, welcome back everybody. Um, we're, as I mentioned as well, talking here about Iowa State and Iowa. Um, we're going to dive into Iowa State here real quick first. Um, with a ten and two non conference non-conference schedule I think that they um you know with the injuries they had uh with Wiginton and suspension with Cameron Lard um you know I think that was I guess somewhat of a surprise uh, to a lot of people um you know that with their loss to Arizona and Maui uh you know maybe not the best Arizona team but uh, a neutral site game where they're out uh out their star player for one of the first few games um, and then, you know, they come back and lose to an Iowa Hawkeyes team who at that time was, was playing really well. Um, you know, just, just kind of speaking towards who, who kind of picked, picked up the pieces, you know, they, they added Shayok this year, uh, from Virginia. He redshirted last year. And then, you know, kind of a surprise, I think, addition to the lineup was Michael Jacobson, um, a transfer from Nebraska who also sat out last year, um, originally here from Waukee and he's put in. He's had great minutes, um, you know, on the on the defensive end, and scored some points once in a while, and you know, got those got those rebounds and filled those minutes for Cameron Lard as well. Um, also contributing to to their great non conference non conference schedule um, or non conference record are are a couple freshmen. You know, Horton Tucker is one of those, and um, Halliburton as well. You know, two really good freshmen who have who have played really good minutes, um, and you know, contributed on the offensive end quite a bit actually. Um, You know, what are your, what are your thoughts on their, on their non-conference schedule here, Brian?
1: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Obviously um, the injuries and the suspensions that they had, um, you know, definitely throws a wrinkle on what they were trying to do. And, um, you know, I think that uh, they did what they could and they obviously battled through it and was able to pluck off games where they could. And, um, you know, but now, you're starting to see, I think, the Iowa State team in which that everyone was kind of anticipating they were going to see here going into the year. And so it'll be fun because obviously you don't just show up and you're not game ready. And so there's there's still some um, some hurdles that they're going to have to overcome. I still don't think that Lindell's uh, obviously not playing his best basketball yet. Same thing with Cameron Lard. And so as those guys continue to get their legs back, it'll be interesting um, you know, to see how those guys are able to kind of pick pick up back up in the roles of where they left off last year. And then, like you said, adding um, some of the young freshmen and Shayok, they, uh, they got some guys out there that can, can score in bunches. And so they will be fun to watch. Um, And I think the biggest thing that's different with this Iowa state team than maybe Iowa state teams in the past is they seem to have a commitment on the defensive end of the floor as well. Um, You know, in the past, they had guys that could really fill it up, but if they weren't shooting the ball well, um, might not be able to go on the road and win some tough games. So I'll be interested to see what these guys being able to lock down defensively, how, how that changes um, as they continue to move through the conference season.
0: Yeah. And I think another thing that I'm, I'm interested in watching too, is, you know, how coach Prome handles, you know, these two, these two stars coming back with Wigginton and Cameron Lard, um, you know, with, they haven't, they haven't started a game yet, uh, you, you know, and, and are you going to mess up the chemistry that the starting five have and, you know, if you do want to do that, you know, where are you going to put these pieces at? Who are you going to take out? You know, these contributors—will they be okay with not starting? Um, And so that's should to see here in the next couple of weeks too. Once, once Wigginton and Cameron are do get their feet underneath them, you know, are they going to continue to come off the bench, or you know, are they gonna are they going to be putting that star starting lineup for somebody? What,
1: what What are your thoughts with that? Because I mean, here's the deal: <laughs> Linda Wigginton by all accounts, is is a talented starter should be starting and different than Cameron, obviously he's coming back from injury. Um, so how, I mean, if he's hundred percent, he's was supposed to be a starter. How do you, how, or what are you know, your thoughts on not having him in the starting lineup? You know,
0: from my experience, um, you know, in, in college from, you know, when I, when I played for five, five years there, I've only known, um, if you have a good starting lineup and you're doing well to not mess with that starting lineup, um, you know, just, just going back to my senior year, we had an an injury to start the year and he was, he was one of our better players, if not our best player. And once, once he came back off that injury, we were doing well. So he continued to, to come off the bench. Um, I, I, I want to say if I can remember correctly the rest of the season, um, I think, you know, you're in the, you're in the big 12, you have a player, like Wigginton, who needs to be on the floor, I, I mean, probably probably 38 to 40 minutes a game. Um, I think you for sure insert him into the lineup. Um, with, with Cameron Lard, you know, he's, he's been known to kind of have, a, you know, kind of, you know, he plays good. Uh, you know, at the same time, he, he has, has some, in my opinion, men- mental issues out there. And so maybe maybe wait till he's absolutely ready or you know, something, maybe lose one or two games and maybe insert him there. But I think Wigginson needs to be out there for sure.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And I mean with Cameron Lard, that, that's a little bit of self inflicted. And so that's gonna be something yeah. that uh uh you know, he's got control over and whether or not he works back up into the starting lineup or not. Um, you know, not not that as as we know and as, as we've seen in multiple occasions. It's not about who starts the game. It's about who ends it. And as cliche as that is, it's a hundred percent true.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, I was at the I was at the KU game on Saturday and, you know, Wiggington was out there most of the second half. Um, honestly, Cameron Lard really didn't play that much the second half, but they were you know, they had Michael Jacobson come in there playing great defense against KU's post players. Um, I think he grabbed eleven rebounds that night. And so, you know, you have you have pieces that, that you know, you might not need to play those play those two as much as they have in the past, but you know it'll be interesting to see how Coach Prom ha- handles that.
1: Um, I'll give I'll give Coach Prom a lot of pre- credit too. I mean, the short time that he's been there, he is, he's had strong personalities, he's had strong talents, he's had you know all walks of life as far as players and abilities. Um, and for how or whatever reason, um, he's been able to connect with those players and keep all those guys happy. Um, and
0: you, and you, and you mentioned it too, the fact that they actually do play defense now, you know, when, when, when the mayor was there on the sideline, um, it was more of a, Oh, you scored a layup. Okay. We'll go down and shoot a three and hopefully make it. And then we'll outscore you this game. Um, and, and, you know, he's, you know, I don't know if he's completely, completely changed the vibe over there, but, you know, as you mentioned, they do play defense now, which they hadn't before. So he's, he's done a great job in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, so you know, obviously, we just talked about non-conference ten and two. Uh, they're two and zero in the Big Twelve now with wins over Oklahoma State and, as I mentioned, KU. Um, you know, just specifically talking about the KU game. Um, as I mentioned, I was in Hilton. You know, one of the better atmospheres in college basketball, especially when when Bill Self and KU come to town. Um, it was it was rocking Saturday afternoon. Uh, another great environment and a couple of things that I kind of noticed there. You know, I mentioned Michael Jacobson. He had some great minutes, um, in, in that game and they, um, you know, honestly shut, shut down KU's KU's post players. Uh, I think there, I think Lawson had about 13 points, but I don't know if any of the other post players had more than five points and grabbed 11 boards. Um, another one that kind of surprised me was Wyler Babb. Um, he, he yeah, I think he had 12 points, hit some huge shots and just, as he usually does, you know, more of a distributor, um, you know, when 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 it when it comes to the overall flow of the game, but great game to watch. Obviously a huge win for the Cyclones. Um and it'll be interesting to see how they how how they play their next game, you know, with uh with a potential hangover, you know, just beating a top five team at, on your home floor and that excitement and stuff like that too. So
1: And Baylor is the next one, correct? And that's I mean at Baylor. Yep. Baylor's always uh, a tough place to play. Um, always something that, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta show up and, and, and come ready to go no matter what their record is.
0: Yeah. And they always, they always play the clones tough. So it'll be, I think it'll be a good game. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, um, you know, gotta be paying attention more to you know the team and how they have reacted to the success they've had here in the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, definitely a lot of, a lot of good things to look forward to here for the Cyclones. Now we'll kind of jump into the, the, the Hawkeye season here. Um, Obviously the, the starting season was a little bit of a surprise to me at least, um, you know, with, with a couple of good wins in Madison square garden and, you know, the last couple of weeks kind of, kind of stumbled, stumbled through it a little bit, I think. Um, and so you want to take the reins on that one, Brian?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously going into this season, you know, had some good pieces coming back. And so, um, you know, we're hoping for good things, but expectations, I wouldn't say were overly high, obviously being picked 11th preseason in the big 10, um, was kind of an indication of what, you know, the talking heads, if you will, were anticipating from the Hawks. But then, like you said, you come out and you win a couple of games out in Madison Square Garden. Um, you went at home against a, a, an athletic Pittsburgh team, a young Pittsburgh team, but an athletic one, nonetheless, who, you know, it seems like those that oftentimes give the Hawks um, some fits. And so, you know, some good wins there going into those first two um, early conference games with uh, Wisconsin and Michigan state. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin was was one of those games in which had an opportunity. You know, they were they were in that game. They were battling the whole time, um, and obviously came up on the short side of that one, um, and then turn around and go to Lansing, and uh, just did not show up against that, uh, the Michigan State Spartans up there, and that was that was definitely a rough showing, and um, you know, it kind of started to somewhat turn, or, or kind of get people start to talk, and as far as, well, maybe this is a little bit more of what we were expecting, but then, uh, you know, a really good win against, obviously, what we're seeing to be now, a really good Iowa State team. Um, you know, that's always a big game, obviously, for our state, but, um, you know, with the, the state of where those two programs are at, um, really kind of starting to see uh, that game, you know, start to have even more of importance um, and a little bit more of a measuring stick as you move through, and so uh, that was a good win. Um, for the Hawks as well then uh, going in and finishing the rest of their non-con um, you know didn't have a lot in there kind of breeze through that other than that last Bryant game um, there right after the holiday um, you know then then heading to Purdue which the Hawks have never really played well at Purdue um, you know Purdue is one of those teams that on the other side of things had had a strong non-con and so kind of didn't know exactly what to expect from them but uh just showed up and obviously just took it to the hawks until so that wasn't uh much of that the uh outing that we were looking for from the hawks and you know you've, you move you have a 11 and 0 um non conference and then you drop your first three big 10 games It kind of has you looking around wondering and asking some questions um but you know then that essentially so early in the season here and puts you in a must win you know last night um at carver against nebraska in which that you know maybe outside of that Iowa State game was was one of the better uh, games that they've that I've seen them play this year um, and I think a big part of that was because of uh, Jordan Bohannon being able to kind of get going in the second half and start making shots and uh, that team really kind of goes as he goes you know he he's the one that's going to have the ball in his hand a majority of the time and he's the one that's making decisions and it, it's amazing how you see a few shots go through the rim and now all of a sudden you're playing with a different level of energy and um, different pep in your step and being able to kind of make better decisions, make plays, and, you know, more than anything, just play with confidence. And so that was so that was good to see last night, to be able to see him um, make shots because he's kind of a big cog in um, the success that the Hawks are going to have this year. Um, yeah, and I
0: think you're, you know, you talked about a couple of those players there, and I think that, um, yeah. you know, you mentioned may- that I, that I had in mind as well. Um, you know, one, one is Jordan Bohan, you know, at the end of the year, he was playing really well. Um, you know, these last two or three weeks where, you know, we've mentioned that, that, you know, they kind of, they kind of stumbled through it. Um, you know, he's been, he's been very inconsistent, you know, score a 10 points here, score 25 here. Um, another, another player in that same kind of boat is I, I, Isaiah Moss. Um, while I guess finally, you know, he, his his first couple of years in Iowa city, I don't think he really lived up to expectations, but this at the beginning of the year, I feel like he finally started to hit the shots that everybody expected him to hit. And now he's, he's, he's kind of fallen off the ledge here the last couple of weeks. So, um, I know a lot of, a lot of publicity gets, gets put on, you know, the Hawks defense and, you know, honestly it's not the best thing I've ever seen in my life, but, uh, you know, their, their scoring output is, you know, so critical to that, especially because they don't play the best defense. Um, and you know you're going to get what you get from Tyler Cook but i think those two players Bohannon and Isaiah Moss uh are are the 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 key the, the keys to success you know moving forward here for the Hawkeyes in the in the in the conference schedule
1: absolutely and you know touching on what you said de- defensively it's it, it's frustrating to watch i think mostly just because they don't really have a defensive identity um and and sometimes I feel like they're also wondering what their defensive identity is as well. And as they try to, you know, I understand that the idea behind trying to mix things up and keep them off balance. um, But it seems like often too, too many times, they're in zone longer than they should be, or uh, you know, they're not getting out of a three quarter or half court trap soon enough. And um, you know, and I think it also kind of contributes to the fact that there's just a little bit of lack of toughness as well um, with many of those players that, you know, Cordell pencil, is one of those guys that obviously out now, but he's kind of the bulldog on that team. And, and you saw that in that Iowa State game and the energy and the, the toughness that he brought. And so uh, that'll be one of the other things, too, here moving forward. You know, you get in the Big Ten and you're going to have some grinded out games. Um, you're going to need to score in the half court and you're needing to get stops on the defensive end. And so, you know, as of right now, I, I can't say that, um, you know, they've proven that they can do that. You know, they've, they've proven that they can come out and they can shoot the ball and they can score some points, um, which is great because they need to do that as well. But they're going to have to get stops uh, here moving forward. And, you know, and that and that starts um, Wednesday here as they go to Northwestern. I mean, that is essentially another must win for them in the Big Ten schedule, because that's a team uh, that they are very careful, very capable of beating. And, you know, while the Hawks have never played well over there, um, it's just something that they're going to have to come together and step up and um, be able to make some plays.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. I think, you know, it's it's always a tough, tough place to play, uh, in Evanston. Um, and they historically play the play the Hawks pretty tough. And I, you know, I always used to be taught that, you know, defense goes with you on the road or at home and shooting is mostly mostly only with you at home. And so, you know, it's it'll be tough to win those road games if they can't get an identity on the defensive end and you know, really pick it up and and get some stops over there. So, um, you know, a a lot of stuff to look forward to here, here for the Hawks in the, in the, in the conference schedule. Um, and a lot of question marks, I think too. So, um, it'll be an interesting last half of the year here.
1: Yeah, we definitely, definitely look forward to it. Look to see how some of those younger guys, um, continue to step up and, uh, you know, continue to get back and get healthy. Obviously, Luca Garza having him um, on the shelf a little bit. He's a big piece in which that they need to get back and get healthy here as, as they push through into the conference season.
0: Yeah, right. You're exactly right. But uh, well, hey, uh, good good episode 1.5 here, Brian. Um, we appreciate everybody listening. And uh, when you have some time, connect with us on um, on Facebook or Twitter. We are at Shooters Touch IA on Twitter, and then the Shooters Touch on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you, hear some feedback.